Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. It's uh, Roxanne Durhage again with Authentic Living with Roxanne. I'm so happy that you tuned in uh, yet again this week. Uh, today I have a very special guest that I met uh, recently in uh, New York, Mr. Rob Tamboya. And Rob has uh, been in the field of coaching a very, very long time. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Rob, but I, I think uh, it's best that Rob kind of uh, jump in. Rob is the Director of Coaching and the VP of Global Partnerships with Champion Mindset. Uh, he's the former director of the Les Brown Maximum Achievement um, uh, Institute. He, his background is he's a gold acceleration strategist, and he presently lives in Fort, La Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He's been, uh, uh, his background is you've been to the Wharton School of Business. Um, you, you've been certified as a John Maxwell um, certified trainer, and you work a lot with pro sports teams, college teams, individuals, and companies that want to increase team engagement, equip leadership skills, and champion strategies. Um, and to avoid those costly mistakes that create peak performance habits, rituals, and strategies. Rob, I hope I've covered everything. I know you've done a lot uh, more than the bio says. Is there anything that I missed that you'd like everybody to, to know about you? Yeah, I'll start with a quote. It's so great to be here, Roxanne, and to join you on this international uh, amazing uh, webinar and uh, uh, teaching call. Okay, so Will Rogers once said, people, we're all experts, just the different subjects. Having said that, I'm learning to listen, and I'm listening to learn, and life is just so full of opportunities. And one of the key things which champions have is perspective. They have a perspective to know that some things aren't worth investing any space in our brains in. Uh, for example, uh, we have a naggy neighbor or there's an uh, annoying TV program, whatever it is that we don't need to focus on it, that we have so many things to do, and we have a finite amount of time. What's interesting is some people say they have no time, but basically they've said yes too many times to too many people, or they've chosen to work two jobs instead of one job uh, for uh, minimal pay or whatever. So, so basically we all have the same amount of time, including babies and elderly people. We have 24 hours a day and 168 hours a week, plus or minus an hour. We've got the daylight savings time going on. So some weeks it's 167 hours and one week it's 169. So the time, time is really interesting. There's a quote on time that goes, if time is infinite, how come it seems there's never enough of it? <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah, it starts with time. Uh, it's really, really important uh, what we choose to do with our time instead of reacting and uh, having disempowering emotions. So from working, you know, and I know you've worked, you know, a lot with companies, but you've worked a lot with uh, athletes and Olympians. 
So tell me the difference between someone like that. And let's say the average person listening, really, they're doing things, maybe they're doing things in their physical routine, or maybe they're doing things in their business, but they're just not hitting the mark. What's the difference that you see between people like um, Olympians compared to, say, the average person that's really trying to get on track when they have goals? The two-word answer, mental toughness. We all have distractions, everyone. We have challenges. For example, the iPhone keeps updating, or let's just say uh, we can't find our keys, or we're having a car problem, or somebody is supposed to talk with somebody and they're not picking up their phone or their text message. There, there's all these things that happen. And what the fact is, are we celebrating that we're healthy, that our immune system is working, that we're able to breathe without any kind of uh, mechanical aspiration, you know, the uh, respiration pro products. Uh, you know, uh, there's so many people that have to go for, um, uh, what do you call it, when they have a, a problem with their kidneys, dialysis and everything. Every couple of days they have to get their blood cleaned. And we have our health. And when, when you know, assuming that everybody has good health uh, here uh, on this uh, on this uh, amazing living, uh, authentic living call, uh, uh, that you know it starts with our health. To have gratitude, uh, it's so important to have gratitude, and also it's very, very, very important to have self-respect. A lot of people today, you'll notice that they get themselves into a lot of trouble, and it starts that they're lying to themselves, they're not respecting themselves, and as you would say, because you're an uh, expert at living authentic. Uh, they're not being authentic. Uh, Bernie Hiller, uh, he's, he's kind of a, a friend of a friend. He does some work with the great Mr. Les Brown. And Bernie is America's number one acting coach. He works with, I can tell you the names, he works with uh, Cameron Diaz, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, George Clooney, Leonardo DiCaprio, and goes on and on. And what he teaches is, well, first of all, he promotes acting. He, he loves acting, thinks that everybody should learn acting. But really what he promotes is that we need to take off our mask of what other people expect of us, and we need to be authentic. We need to know our core values. We need to know what we really believe in. And we need to have confidence on our ability to do things, even if some people misunderstand us. That is a huge, huge tremor that I just spoke to spoke of, excuse me, uh, is feeling misunderstood. A lot of issues today, uh, for example, in big cities where you have rioting going on and, and so much uh, sadness and anger. Uh, in my research, what it really starts with is people feeling, we all have emotions, which is great, human beings, like what else would you want to be on planet Earth? Human beings have the ability, we have our fingers and our thumbs, we're the only uh, mammals that can text we can do so many things, tools and, and cook. You don't see animals cooking. You, you know, we're, we're able to bake. We're, we're able to do so many things. And we have our minds and our hearts. And the emotions, uh, not to preach or give any kind of religious perspective, but our emotions, one would say, is our blessing and our curse. So the fact that we have emotions is beautiful. It's an asset. And... If we didn't, we'd all be living like the, the, uh, how you're supposed to be living in places like uh, North Korea, you know, where, where you have to, you know, don't rock the boat, 
and fit in and, and don't, don't be a, uh, you know, don't, don't stand out. So the fact that we have emotions is, again, in my opinion, it's, it's a blessing. It, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's a gift that we have. And the, the question is, who has taught us how to use our emotions? Was it our families? Was it our guidance counselors? Was it our teachers? Was it our college professors? Was it somebody else? And most people, again, they have issues. The, the core spark of which creates a lot of problems is feeling misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And, so, that, and that detracts a lot of people from going after their goals. Is that what you're saying? That people get yes. so distracted because they're misunderstood. And if they perceive themselves as misunder- being misunderstood, that detracts them from their goals. Is that is that? Well, well, absolutely, absolutely. What, what's going on is people actually hear a lot about um, different issues. And is uh, I, I watch a little bit of uh, the news just to be current and not be a caveman. But you hear about you know um, border security and you hear about uh, airport security and, and building walls to stop drug trafficking and, and so on and so forth. So, but people are actually building walls not using any contractors or pulling permits, but they're building walls, invisible walls around themselves because they're feeling misunderstood. So it's really a victim mentality. And I think that most human beings, if you just pull two people off the street and they have a different opinion, that most people would be cool that, for example, you and I, Roxanne, like different kind of art. I might be more into, say, music, or you might be more into uh, sculpture or vice versa, and that's cool. But when it comes to certain beliefs and um, what, what happens is when people are feeling totally misunderstood, it creates uh, a lot of tension. For example, let's just say you and I have completely opposite feelings about gun permits. I feel one way and you feel the other way. We're completely on either side. That we, if we could understand each other and I understood where you're coming from and you understood me, it'd be a lot more amicable. But what happens is that regardless if the other person is understood, that in, in a, like an egotistical way, if we're feeling misunderstood ourselves, in other words, somebody else isn't reading what, what, we're, what we're feeling, not what we're thinking, but what we're feeling, that if I feel that you totally don't understand me, it hurts more. So what has to happen is that Les Brown says – Somebody else's opinion of us is not of our business. And, yeah, it's important to have a good reputation, especially if you want to work in corporate America. Not so much in American political positions. But anyway, in corporate America, you have to have a really good reputation. Otherwise, you could lose your job like that. And But it's really, really, really important to know yourself and to value yourself and it's okay to make mistakes, but as they say in, I think it was Confucius in China, they say, fall down seven times, get up eight times. <laughs> so, the, the, so what you're saying then is we all, we, we all want to be accepted at the end of the day, right? But in order to achieve goals, sometimes you have to stand alone um, to be able to achieve those and, and toughen up. You know, I, I call it being normalized in a way because – what you're looking for, well, say what you're trying to achieve this year, Rob, or myself, people may not understand why I'm doing what I'm doing, and they might judge me, 
right? Like, why, you know, why is she doing this radio show or why is she speaking or this, that or the other? But I understand why I'm doing it because I'm, I'm living within my value about wanting to make a difference in the world, wanting people to get more connected to themselves, recognizing that a lot of people are mentally unwell because of things that they're doing to themselves. And if they could learn different ways, really, we would have a whole lot happier and healthier worlds. If someone doesn't get it, and you get detracted off your goal, let's say you're working with someone, how do you help them toughen up? Okay, first, they need to keep their eye on the prize. They need to know, let's just say for example, very practical example, somebody wants to be able to run a marathon. As part of their training, they wanna be able to do 50 push-ups at one setting, 50 push-ups, which for most people, uh, they cannot do. You have to be in shape in order to do that to do 50 proper push-ups. So if they're at a point where they can do, let's just say 15, and then they're feeling fatigue or aches or pains or weakness, that you have to be able to show them, remind them why they wanna do it. For example, Roxanne, you said that you're gonna do the triathlon or the Ironman or the New York Marathon or whatever, and you promised yourself that you wanted to, that you will be in great shape and that you're going to have fun defying the odds and achieving your biggest physical goals, you know, accomplishing all that. So I get the fact that whatever, you had the flu or, or whatever's going on, uh, you've had a lot of snow, been doing snow shoveling, whatever it is. So uh, let's just say, for example, you're doing 15 or somebody else is doing 15 uh, push-ups that you can break it down into an intermediary goal, for example, uh, 20 or 25. So sometimes we have to reset. For example, you're driving your car, and here in America, uh, we haven't become accustomed to, uh, we have a lot of international design, but we don't understand the metric system. So we're gonna use miles here. So your car is able to go 100 miles an hour. So the challenge is that you're in a construction zone and there's traffic. So now you're only able to go 30 miles an hour. But guess what? It's temporary. The cars in front of you are temporary. The construction zone is temporary. That little point of your life is temporary. And yeah, you kind of have the brakes on and you're restricted. But there's a time and a place. So really it's about perspective. It's if somebody's feeling stuck, they really need to uh, work on looking themselves in the mirror and sharing affirmations. For example, I love a challenge. I can do this. Every day in every way, I'm becoming healthier and more full of vitality. I love to learn. I love to expand. I love to help people. I love to make a difference. And, you know, uh, regardless, uh, for, for men out there, you can look at yourself with a very slight smile with confidence, those Superman eyes, and just say, I got this. And for a lady, um, you can look in front of the mirror and just do the same thing with your um, either Wonder Woman or uh, whatever superhero you, you love the most and just say with those eyes, say, I got this. And it's really, really important to have fun with yourself. Uh, you and I have been on a stage with Les Brown and one of the things about Les is he reframes things. He has fun. Even when he's in tremendous pain, I've actually seen him on stage honoring his commitments where he's had sciatic and terrible back pain, just feeling really awful. But he's standing up 
and laughing and giving his all. And for example, as we all know, Les Brown never had a father around him, not even a uh, adopted father. His adopted mother, Mrs. Mamie Brown, raised him, and his mother apparently got pregnant, which wasn't planned, by a young man in the military, and she went to Miami, which was not where she lived, to uh, you know to go out you know through her pregnancy and have deliver the baby, and uh, she wasn't familiar with adoption services. So she basically did really a criminal act. Uh, she left the babies, the twin babies, Leslie and Wesley, alone on the floor of an abandoned building. So, so that, that's, it is what it is. So Les, as soon as he gets into the room, he stands and holds his posture. And he's looking around the room, just full of gratitude. You can just look at this man if you've never seen him before, and you can feel his love and gratitude. And he's looking, and he's, you can see the emotion in his eyes. And he'll start his speech by saying, I am so blessed. And you'll see a beautiful smile. He says, I am so blessed. I'm so blessed to have two mothers. One mother gave me life. The other mother gave me love. Mm -hmm. So he's not complaining and carrying on and finding an excuse to be, uh, you know, um, always in the bars and drinking and being intoxicated or using drugs or just feeling sorry for himself. No matter what you guys do for a living, you would love to be a neighbor of Les Brown. He's fun. He's optimistic. That's one of the things that uh, really I grew up in. It really doesn't matter. I'm from Westchester County, New York, which is just north of New York City. And, uh, you know, we went to school in the 1980s. And, uh, it wasn't really where I was raised or what neighborhood I was raised in. I think it was the time period that most people, including my teachers, they had so much optimism about the future, about the space program. We're going to have space shuttles. We're going to have cell phones. We're going to have all these cool things. We're going to have robots cleaning our houses. I'm still waiting to find out about that. Me uh, too. But, yeah. <laughs> And, but, but, but regardless, I don't totally understand what Kennedy did with the space program. A lot of it's totally over my head. I'm not a rocket scientist, and I'm not sure if we even could have done it. It's so expensive. But it brought a lot of optimism. And today, uh, thanks to um, everything, fake news, thanks to I have an account on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, but because of social media, because of cable TV, these news channels, which, of course, they do some good. I want to uh, appreciate the people who work for all these companies, and they're doing good things, and they're helping people connect. And thanks to that technology that we're able to connect now on this, uh, on this uh, call, and we're able to touch other hearts, and we're able to learn and, and collaborate. But the challenge is that people have basically lost their optimism and it's important to do incantations and to actually go for walks. Even if you're not an athlete, go for a walk, get some vitamin D. Even if it's a little bit cold, bundle up, go for a walk, interact with nature. It might just be a pigeon or a squirrel in places like Central Park in New York City, but there'll be some form of nature. And just being around people all the time and uh, iPhones and computers, it gets old after a while. It really does. So you need to mix with nature. Every once in a while, go to a national park. They have beautiful national parks in Canada, the United States, and many other countries. Probably some of the best reasons we have a lot of tourists in these countries 
is we have beautiful, beautiful national parks. So get out and do things. And um, the, the fact is, though, that what happens is when people are feeling stuck, there's a tendency to self-sabotage. Mm -hmm. So there's certain triggers that go off or um, like uh, sparks. And it's important to know what they are. For example, many people, when they get stressed out, where do they go? The refrigerator. The refrigerator <laughs> is a comfort zone. And actually, it's hardwired. Here's why. I was reading an article on Sports Illustrated. And it was very, very interesting. It was talking about how we train and reward children, how we get children to think certain things. Basically, as Americans, we've been raising children to be adverse to the idea of moving or running and to enjoy the idea of sitting, which is what we do when we end up in nursing homes and senior care centers. We're sitting down, eating, and we're rewarding kids. We're, in other words, a kid can now say the alphabet perfectly in Canadian English, and we give the kid a cupcake, we give the kid candy, we give the kid a piece of cake. And what we really should be doing is giving a lot of excitement, which is uh, non-edible. We're just like patting them on the back and like giving me a high five, yes girl, and like, I'm so proud of you. You can do the alphabet better than I can. And you speak so clearly. And what you want to do is actually go for a walk with a kid or go out and play with a dog with a kid. Some kind of physical exercise. And you actually want to do biking and things like running in a safe place, not in bad weather. But you want to encourage the kids that moving and even running is a healthy thing. It, it's, it's, it's an asset. Just like... You have a beautiful car, Roxanne, but in case of emergency, you can step on the accelerator. It brings in more oxygen, and that car can fly like a rocket just in case that it's good to have. So I'm not saying that we should all be runners, but the gift of being able to run is such a great gift. And what's going on is Sports Illustrated explained that kids and also, uh, sadly, a lot, a lot of uh, parents and coaches end up uh, believing that uh, running is punishment. For example... We're playing uh, any sport, and somebody makes a mistake. So now, because of the mistake, we have the kids doing wind sprints, going from one side of the field to the other. And what are we linking to our brain? That running is pain. And when we open the refrigerator, yes, that's heaven. <laughs> and then a lot of times people sabotage, and they, uh, they may be on a really healthy uh, uh, living system. Uh, by the way, Roxanne, uh, Roxanne and her friends have uh, access to very healthy um, ways to eat and to detoxify your body and to uh, really replenish. So if you want more information on that, you want to contact Roxanne directly and she can get you on um, living an authentic and essential life in the body that you deserve. But back to, back to uh, the refrigerator is people open up the refrigerators. Basically, they break all their rules. In other words, the uh, burglar alarm has been turned off notifications are off they're there and they eat so it goes back because it's hardwired for most of us that when we were kids when we when we uh wanted to feel recognized or rewarded or wanted to feel comfort what do we do we eat comfort food so i'm not asking anybody to stop eating today but i am asking you to think about what you do when you're at the period of um falling into a uh, normalization pattern as roxanne calls it or average mindset, as I call it, that you do not want to just give in and have like one or two mistakes and then say, I'm having a bad day. And they eat a lot of junk food, uh, drink a lot of beer, make a lot of excuses. And what happens? You totally lost that whole day. And even worse, 
it could set up a whole new habit system where the rest of your week could be really tough to get back to even what you wanted to do because you weren't able to, um, to get out and move. So, so Tony Robbins says um, the word emotion, the, the key word in the word emotion is the word motion. So a lot of the pharmaceuticals and drugs that they make people feel good, they have different chemicals in them, but it's temporary and it may or may not cause liver or um, organ damage, uh, brain cell damage. But the, the real key is to get out. So when you're feeling down, go for a walk, believe in yourself, reflect on your accomplishments, do some affirmations. You can look up great affirmations. And uh, I think that perhaps uh, Roxanne and I may be uh, giving you guys a bonus. Uh, we're working on some projects where we can have some great affirmations between us and Les Brown. Uh, I can assemble that myself and we can give that to you as a free gift. Give you like 30 emotions or 31 emotions, one for every day of the month. How's that sound? Sounds amazing. But you know what I, what I hear clearly and I see it often when I'm working with people or companies is that you're right. It's people are well-intentioned with their goals, right? But they're not vetted or hooked to really what they value and believe so they are, you know, arbitrarily saying, I want to grow my business or I want to get in shape, but they're not talking about the why they're doing it. Like, why am I, why am I wanting to make a difference in the world? Well, I'm hoping that if I make a difference in the world, there'll be less um, issues around anxiety and depression. And if we have more, less anxieties and depression, we'll have less things that like happened out, um, out your way in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Parkland, you know, so we're going to just have a nicer society just overall. I'm sure. Why do you do what you do, Rob? Like when you do um, all your, you know, mind champion mindset um, initiatives with Les Brown and um, all the others that you work with, why do you do them? Why do you do what you do? And what difference are you trying to make in the world? Okay, that's a great question. And I'm going to start with a quote, which actually was just a few sentences I heard on a phone call and I jotted it down. It's become a quote because I recorded my friend talking to me. I wrote it down, of course. I was talking to Oscar Arias, who him and I created the coaching program for the Les Brown Institute. And we were talking a little bit about careers. And he said, we can find a job, we can choose a career, or we can live our calling. Mm -hmm. And I realized years ago, it was actually 2004, that I was not being authentic. I had a achiever mindset and I had some mixed messages, which actually is more common than you think in a lot of men or younger men, uh, there's a lot of that. And what happened is I thought that when I became a millionaire, that's what would make me happy. Again, I grew up in New York, I'm not making excuses, but I had that achiever mindset where I realized that kind of like thinking eight moves ahead playing chess. I realized that even if everything worked out exactly as I intended, that working and just making money and not following my heart wouldn't make me happy. As a matter of fact, a lot of us have opportunities to make money and be with people or, or in places that we wouldn't choose to, to be in because uh, the stress and the uh, the, 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 just the, the morals of it. So what I realized is I was made to make a difference. Mm -hmm. I think we're cut from the same cloth uh, as uh, Les Brown would say, Roxanne. So 
back in 2004, I started to notice how certain athletic teams consistently would have not only great coaching, but great product that, that their uh, student athletes would, I mean, have, have a great year. So in other words, an off year, they were winning 60 or 70% of their games on an off year. On a good year, they're winning uh, maybe 80, 90% of their games uh, reaching the state championship. Looking at like, for example, uh, places around the New York area with high school sports and, and also college sports with certain college teams, or as you would say in Canada, university teams that have consistent results. And really, based on my research, I found that it starts with high standards. It's kind of like the United States Marine Corps. Say what you want about the Marine Corps, but in certain metrics, they have very, very high standards, and not everybody can fit and become a Marine or get a promotion in the Marine Corps. They're, they're, they're very, uh, very tough. It's, it's, it's like the, uh, some of the school systems in Europe is very, very difficult. So what I found is I found my heart. And the reason I do what I do is it's helped me a lot with my life. That um, having a coach, becoming a better listener, learning effective ways for me to organize my life, to prioritize, to handle adversities has been such a blessing. So I've been involved with goal setting and personal development. It started in the year 2000, ironically. It's kind of um, where 2000 is a very interesting year. We had these elections in the uh, United States, particularly in Florida, where there was problems with the election machines in Miami and also here in Broward County or Fort Lauderdale. And uh, it was a very close election. There was uh, a couple thousand votes uh, could have made a difference between President Gore and President George W. Bush. And there was a lot of, uh, since then, there's been a lot of division and polarization for people. And I'm not actually a part of that crowd. I'm, I'm very independent and I'm a maverick and I'm not here to judge any political thinking. I think most people want to do good inside. But uh, again, what I'm looking for is optimism and show me a, a, a way of thinking uh, that's very optimistic and I'm going to join your party. But back to uh, why I do what I do is I love it. It's my calling. Um, I'm a partner in a business. We put on events and it's fun and I enjoy it. And sometimes I'm on stage and it's fun and I laugh and uh, I, I make people uh, smile and I share valuable information just like I'm doing now. However, coaching is my, uh, my gift. It's uh, something that not everybody can do. Uh, you have to have empathy. You have to be able to learn advanced listening skills. You have to help others organize and prioritize with zero judgment. For example, you could have completely different belief systems than your coach, and we're here to support you, just like if we were your doctor or um, a lifeguard or a firefighter. We're there to help everybody, and um, which I'd like to share a great quote, which keeps me grounded. It's from Mother Teresa. She's become a saint. So uh, she's also known as Saint Teresa. She worked a lot with Princess Diana, doing some great things to help poor people in India. Prince, uh, me, uh, Mother Teresa said, if you spend your life judging people, when will you have time to love them? 
good 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 quote and you know i can i obviously i was privileged to speak with uh les brown and and your your organization champion mindset in december and i you know can i tell you what i thought you know i i know i came in the, the night before and out of anything i remember you i remember um eric and just sitting around such nice people honestly you know because you're not sure you're going into new york city and you're speaking with les brown and you're not really sure how it's going to go and really even down to you know all the crew like what fantastic people if anything that's what um i left new york thinking you know uh, you know what a great organization to be involved with and you should be very proud that uh, you're involved with it and even less like you know meeting him for the first time and the gift that that man has around captivating your attention. When I would speak to him, when I spoke to him, you know, through the two days, it was like nobody else existed in that room except me. And what, what a special gift that he has been given and that he continues to give to the world. I, truly amazing. And I shared on a, another podcast that my son, um, I had said to him, hey, you know, I'd like you, I was telling him a little bit about my son and he picked up the phone and called him. So here we are in the lobby of the hotel. And I said, well, I'd like, I was thinking about just having him, you know, film something. I thought, what an opportunity, right? It'll be a lifetime memory for RJ. What does Les do? He says, call him. I said, are you kidding? He goes, no, 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 call him. And he spent the time with, uh, with him on the phone. At first, I think, because you know, his vo voice, right? RJ thought it was a recording and then he realized, oh my goodness, this is Les Brown. Now, the, he's not the typical 16 year old because he's been listening to Les for years. And so he was sharing with Les and, and you know, he was, he was stunned that he took the time. And I will, uh, that'll, that in of itself, other than being on stage with Les Brown, that was the memory that I will take with myself for the rest of my life. The fact that he took the time and was reflective of his entire team, you all, um, are so kind and gentle, which uh, really made, uh, made made my first time on a big stage uh, worth it coming to New York. So uh, you you embody um, kindness and gentleness and authenticity, and that's why it was an organization that I really uh, love being connected with, and, and you know hope to continue being connected with you. Now, you have shared so much today, and I know you have a, a project that you're working on, and I would like you to. Um, if there's anything else you want to share before we kind of let you go back to your busy time. I know you took a, an hour out to spend with me and my audience. Um, tell us uh, where people can reach you and any projects that you're working on that um, are things that you'd like people to know and how they can get a hold of you, Rob. Sure. I have, I'm not sure what that noise was. I have a one page. It's a, uh, a one page website. It's easy to reach. It's uh about A-B-O-U-T dot M-E. It's not dot com, it's dot M-E. So about dot M, like Michael, E for Edward, slash champion coach. My Twitter and Instagram is champion coach. My LinkedIn is linkedin.com slash I-N slash champion coach. Uh, direct link for Facebook. I'm not on Facebook that often. Uh, because of all the ads and everything, but um, if you'd like to add me there, I can add you back. It's uh, facebook.com slash champion life. That one is different. It's not champion coach. It's 
facebook.com slash champion life. And uh, I do have some um, pages. Uh, let me see. Facebook.com slash champion life team. That's for uh, my business. We also have champion mindset events on Facebook. You can search for that. I think it's facebook.com slash champion mindset events. So that those are ways you can reach me. Uh, my phone is United States number. It's 931-9-WIN-BIG, which is 931-9-9-4-6-2-4-4. And uh, I do post on Instagram probably a few times a week. Uh, I need to tweet some more. Uh, but again, as I said in the very beginning, I see a lot of uh, negativity and like same old pattern. It's like, I don't want to get back on that same roller coaster of, you know, stress and doubt and, and frustration and feeling other people's emotions. We're all humans. And what's great, again, is that we can feel each other's emotions. So I choose not to be a big head, not to be an elitist, but I choose to do things that are really, really rewarding, meaningful, and fun. And all natural, by the way. Uh, one of the big projects I'm working on, I actually knew two of the adults that were murdered on February 14th in the next town for me, which is Parkland. I live in Coconut Creek, Florida. And uh, I knew the athletic director, Chris Hickson. Uh, I knew him fairly well and a uh, great guy. And he had a great reputation. He actually had a great vision, which I soon found out about through the head football coach who I'm working with. His name's Coach Marshall, excuse me, Coach Willis May. Coach Willis May. And uh, he also lost another coach, uh, which was his offensive line coach, Coach Aaron Feiss. And he died a heroic death in uh, saving the lives of uh, a couple girls that were escaping the school. And he was uh, wounded and died in the hospital. And uh, the other teacher I did not know, it's Mr. Beagle and the 14 children uh, I did not know. Um, but um, it's uh, very sad. But what's going on is the community needs hope. The community needs love. The world needs love. And so there's various ways that you can help out. Uh, there's uh, all kinds of fundraisers that have already happened. There are more that are happening. I'm working with the mayor. I'm working with a friend of mine, Bobby Morgan. He's one of America's top pro sports agents. And uh, I'm working with um, a lot of great people in the community, including the mayor and the uh, principal of the school. And again, the football coach, American football coach, which is um, a really fun sport for uh, the kids to play. And what we're doing is we're going to create a project. Uh, it's got a budget of two, $3 million. It's to build a uh, Hickson Hall. Hickson is named after the athletic director who had this dream of creating uh, facilities to uh, have the, the, the school. It's, uh, they have a grass field and they have lights and they have uh, metal bleachers. That's all they have. They don't have any bathrooms there. Uh, school is very far away. It's a long walk. So they, they rent porta potties. They have uh, temporary uh, outhouses for these athletic conferences. They, uh, they need bathrooms. They need a locker room for the visiting team. The home team uses the PE, which is physical education locker room. It's far from the school to the field. It's also a danger in case we have lightning and uh, bad weather. Uh, so we want to have a visitor locker room for all sports, soccer, football, et cetera, lacrosse, and a home locker room. We want to have a concession stand. We want to have uh, perhaps 17 flags and flagpoles to honor uh, each of the angels that, that we have lost. Uh, we want to have it very uh, well-themed. I just found out last night 
that the firm that redesigned the Dolphins, Miami Dolphins Stadium, now known Sun Life Stadium, that firm has uh, uh, gotten involved to build, build blueprints, build uh, a nice uh, um, athletic facility and memorial uh, for this school. It's a county school district. All of Florida has county school districts. So the school district doesn't have the funding for this. But you can get a hold of me. Um, we already have pledged $500,000. Uh, I, I don't have liberty now to explain the two donors, but we have two donors that each have pledged a quarter of a million dollars. And uh, I'm ca contacting other companies that I know uh, that have uh, friends there, uh, big companies like Under Armour, and I'm sure they're going to get on board. And uh, so there's a lot of ways. I'm not asking for money, but if you know somebody that would like to be involved or perhaps somehow you'd like to volunteer, even virtual, virtual volunteers we have nowadays uh, to help with some of the admin and connecting and promoting. So uh, that's something uh, very important. Uh, these teachers and the kids, there's 3,200 kids in that school. Uh, they, they went through like a, a battlefield type of situation, a very stressful a lot of kids are considering becoming homeschooled because just the post-traumatic stress of going to any school is becoming very difficult because they don't know if there's going to be a fire or something worse happening. So uh, we want to love on these kids. We want to um, empower them. And I'd like just to share a few more of my quotes with you, Roxanne, as we wrap up. Sure, sure. Okay. So I, I just want to, before I just want to interject before you go into your quotes. I'm a, a post traumatic stress expert, so if there's anything I can do to help volunteer my time, Rob, uh, please let me know. In whatever way I can help out, I would be very, very happy to give back. So let me know. So go ahead with your quotes. Absolutely. Well, one of the things we're planning is a champion mindset pro day where we have, in particular, pro athletes come to the school, and we have as many as many assemblies as necessary to get all the teachers and the students through because uh, I know the auditorium doesn't hold 3,400 seats uh, for the staff and the, the students. So, uh, and then after school, we'll have um, various uh, skill drills for the athletes with uh, the, um, the school athletes as well as the pro athletes where they can learn more interactive. And it'd be really fun, even if the sport's out of season, for example, uh, other sports like uh, soccer and basketball, their season is over, and uh, they still will be able to connect with their teammates and have this. So uh, you could be involved in that. We could actually have you either fly in, we'll take care of all your hotel and travel expenses, and we can also have you virtually where we can do a Zoom call or something better. Um, Great. Some, Great. Of my, some of my quotes, um, really, we have to really, really be careful of eating what average people eat and thinking what average people think and reacting the way average people react. I'm not saying anything bad about my family or a lot of people I went to school with, a lot of my neighbors, but really mindset is a choice. So I say this, it's become a quote, I used to say this a lot. In my opinion, I feel the average mindset is highly overrated, which leads to a question, why be average anyway when we have alternative lifestyle choices as far as our, our mindset, we can, we can have a, a higher standard and not default to that average mindset. And one of my other quotes, uh, just to share with you, if you have not seen Les Brown, you want to see him. My company, uh, we're having more events coming up this year with Les Brown. My next event, a uh, big event, will be in Deerfield Beach, Florida, which is near Fort Lauderdale, on April 26th at the Doubletree uh, 
Hotel, Hilton Doubletree. And it'll be all day with uh, Omar Perriou, Armando Montalongo, Eric Stoller, and many others. It's going to be a champion mindset sales and negotiation day. It's uh, a very, very in-depth and uh, a very exclusive event. But the, uh, the quote that uh, Les Brown will end his speech, Les Brown, he won't be at that, that event, by the way. He's, he'll be in a different city that day, April 26th. Uh, Les Brown, uh, when he concludes his speech, Les says, quote, you have something special. You have greatness within. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. He says that in a very deep, deep voice, which doesn't make me any less of a man. You know, higher notes better than him, I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, he, he's so powerful to, to hear him speak. You know to yourself, everybody, to see Les speak. It's, it's, it's a, he's, I believe he's 72 years old now, 73, and uh, it's time to, uh, to go out of your way and go to New York or Canada or somewhere and see Les. So out of that quote, where Les says, you have something special, you have greatness within, and then he says, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I created a quote within a quote. It's called a remix. And Les loves it. His eyes, like, popped out, big smile, and he gave me a hug. I created a, a, a re-quote. It goes like this. Instead of you have greatness, we all have courage and greatness within us and opportunity all around us. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And... Uh... Do say hi to Les uh, for me, and maybe maybe he would consider coming on the show. I would absolutely would I would be truly honored if he would consider it. I know he's a busy man at some point in his in his schedule. And Rob, it's been a pleasure. I know you were one of the first people I met in New York, and I'm so happy that we stayed connected. And uh, definitely, um, I'll probably see you again soon. So thanks again for, for being on, on my show, Authentic Living with Roxanne. So for my listeners, what an opportunity, what things that, that we've walked away with again today, uh, and the importance of taking care of your biggest, your asset, which is your mind. It's something that uh, daily you have to invest in. Um, and I would say as basic as we wouldn't think about not brushing your teeth and putting on our, our, our shoes before we leave the house or our clothes. It's the same thing. Um, so being authentically connected to who you are, you are one of a kind. You are made from one mold and then that mold no longer exists because you're special. Um, so if you're wanting any more information on uh, authenticity, uh, please get to go to my website at roxanderhodge.com. And I speak at events, uh, corporations, and I do coaching and consulting. So thanks again. And I look forward to chatting with you again next week. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxanderhajcom slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.